The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. This podcast is sponsored by Fiverr.com. Fiverr is a marketplace for creative and digital freelance services. And in fact, I use Fiverr for quite a lot of the things that we do here at Cognolytica and AI Today, including the editing of this podcast, the generation of transcripts, and more. I definitely encourage you to take a look at using Fiverr for your creative and digital needs today. And I have a special offer for you today. Use the promo code AI Today for 15% off your first purchase on Fiverr.com. Offer valid until December 31st, 2018. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer, and our guest today is Mark von Reimannam, who is the founder of Discoverit and the CEO of Dataflock, as well as faculty member of the Blockchain Institute and a lot more. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ronald. Yes. So it looks like you're involved in quite a lot of activity, especially around AI and big data and even IoT and blockchain. So perhaps you can introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the field of AI. Sure. Well, I'm doing quite a few different things. So as you already mentioned, I'm the founder and CEO of Dataflock, which is an online platform, online content platform around emerging technologies, where we write about big data, blockchain, artificial intelligence, IoT. There are around a couple hundred bloggers from around the world who share their knowledge on the platform. In addition, I've recently started a new company called Discoverit, which aims to be a decentralized collaboration platform where we will enable individuals, organizations, and eventually things to work together with each other, all governed by reputation. And of course, we use big data, blockchain, and AI within this company. And as you mentioned, indeed, I'm also a faculty member at the Blockchain Research Institute in Toronto, where I just recently finished a white paper on the convergence of big data and blockchain. And next to that, I'm also doing a PhD at the moment at the University of Technology in Sydney, where I do research on how organizations change due to new technologies. And I focus on the topic big data, blockchain, and AI. So in everything that I do, those three come back together. And I share this knowledge as well uh, during keynote speeches around the globe where I help organizations understand what do these three technologies mean for an organization. Yeah, sounds like you have a lot of time in your hand. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and, sure. and, and I'm surprised. I'm like, yeah, so in addition to, of course, you know, running and managing these companies and organizations, you're doing this PhD. And it's kind of interesting because we had talked a little bit about this offline. So maybe you could talk about sort of the subject of the PhD and how this relates specifically to artificial intelligence and some of these notions of explanation and transparency. Sure. So within my PhD, so I look at how technology changes organization, and it's called the theory of sociometriality, and you can't forget about that term. But it basically means that you know, technology has a sort of a social impact and also has a sort of a material aspect to it that, that, that impacts organizations. So I look at it from three different angles. So big data, where I look at how big data can help organizations understand their environment better in terms of, in, in times of uncertainty and, you know, accelerate change basically the times that we are living in at the moment. Now look at blockchain from, uh, from the angle is how does blockchain change organization design? As it seems, blockchain enables uh, decentralized and, and autonomous organizations, but decentralized and autonomous organizations are nothing new. However, in the past, you know, if you would look at uh, several key aspects, trust in the past would be generated by building relationships, knowing each other. And in the blockchain era, that is being created by cryptography. 
If you look at decision making, for example, in the past that would have been done by expertise and your seniority level and your VP and you're allowed to make decisions. But nowadays with blockchain, that is done in, through smart contracts. And mm-hmm. in terms of governance, you know, that used to be, had to be done with, with having boards, board of directors, uh, advisory boards. And with blockchain, that is basically governance is embedded in the code. So that's, that's the second part of my PhD. And, and the third part of my PhD is indeed on artificial intelligence and what I call responsible artificial intelligence. Because we, what we want to achieve is uh, we want to ensure that organizations and well, society as a whole, that we build AI that does what we want it to do. And I use the example of Tay, and for those not, not familiar with Tay, Tay was a Twitter bot developed by Microsoft in March 2016. And what happened with Tay is that in the moment they were Microsoft launched Tay on Twitter, almost instantly people started feeding it with inflammatory comments. Well, within 24 hours, I believe, it became a full-on Nazi and racist denying the Holocaust, praising Hitler. So, yeah, that would, of course, a massive brand damage for Microsoft and a lot probably insulted quite a few people. But it shows how things can go wrong if you build AI incorrectly. And uh-huh. uh, fortunately, nobody could kill this time, but it wouldn't be surprised if sometime in the future that does happen. So organizations need to be aware of how can we create AI that does what we want it to do. And at the moment, interviewing organizations who, are, who have also built chatbots to learn what they have been doing. And my idea is now that from my research that I have discovered, that there are basically three areas that organizations should focus on. One is explainable AI. So you know, AI are black boxes, and especially if AI builds AI itself, which happened last week for the first time, I think, by Google, you want the AI to be able to explain if it makes a mistake. For example, you have a self-driving car and a self-driving car hits a wall. You want the AI within the self-driving car to tell you, ideally in plain English, you know, I drove into the wall because there's a bug on line 335,000, And if you look at that line, you'll see there is a bug. And if you change that, you know, this won't happen again. That's quite a challenge to achieve that uh, technically, but ideally that's what you want. Then the second part is what you want to look at is have see if we can sort of instill some ethics in AI. Now the, the, the field of AI ethics is really growing, and the idea is that, uh, but that's a very philosophical question as well. You know, because what is ethics? What is what is good and what's bad? What's good for you might not be good for me. What was good 300 years ago is not longer accepted. And what happens if a machine becomes more ethical than humans? You know, these are very philosophical questions that I don't intend to answer in my PhD, but where it's good to focus on these topics. And the third area is that we need some sort of control methods, you know, whether these are technical methods, such as that we, you know, we kill an AI when it goes to the direction we don't want, such as that with the Facebook algorithm that happened a couple of months ago where it developed its own language, which the developers couldn't learn anymore, couldn't understand, then they had to kill the AI, stop the AI. Uh, uh-huh. But you can also think of sort of having a governance structure in place where you say, well, you can do research in this area, but you can't do research in that area. So uh-huh. that, that's basically what my, in a nutshell, what my PhD is about. I, I focus on big data for the environment, blockchain, how it changes organization design, and artificial intelligence, how organizations can ensure that AI does what we want it to do. Yeah, well, this is definitely an extremely hot area. Obviously, a lot of people are talking about aspects of this responsible AI and you know, really thinking about it. And I think it poses an, an interesting challenge. And some of our customers in the public sector, you know, when they're doing things, whether it's in defense or in policing or just in activities, or just managing things like the utilities and 
you know, they have to make sure that if they're going to entrust the systems to something autonomous or, or even mm-hmm. augment their intelligence, if they're not going to completely replace it, they want to know, well, huh, that's interesting. Why did you make that decision? How did the system make that decision? That's a particularly yeah. tricky yeah. thing. And the question is, is this something that would be done sort of looking backwards and be like, you know, why did this drone make this decision? to perform this behavior, or do you try to do this, you know, while it's happening? Because, you know, in certain scenarios, decisions are being made very quickly, whether you're inside of an autonomous vehicle that's driving somewhere or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on the other end of the drone. I guess the question is sort of like, are these uh, technological approaches for explainability? Are these more sort of for the human? Are these more procedural? I mean, what does this look like, you know, in terms of explainability? That's a very good question. I think that it's both, on the one hand, technical and also organizational or managerial, you know? So from a technical point of view, making explainable AI possible, that's a massive challenge, you know? And I don't think we are there yet that an AI can explain itself if it did something wrong. And now I think that there's still humans involved and it's still a lot of work to find out, basically to debug the code. That's basically what we do now manually, but you want that to be done automatically. There is work being done here already for, you know, it started in the military several years back, but it is a big, big challenge. However, I think the more AI becomes black boxes and the more consumers are becoming dependent on these black boxes, I think the, the, the more there's a responsibility for organizations to be able to explain why or how an AI made a certain decision. Uh, look, for example, if you have a bank and the bank has an algorithm that determines whether you're not allowed to get a loan. And, you know, if the, they are, if the algorithm makes the, yeah, provides someone with a loan who should not get a loan, that's bad for the bank because of the risk of default, but it's also bad for the consumer because the consumer should not, ha- should not have gotten that loan. And the other way is also around, you know, if you're eligible for a loan and you don't get a loan, that's bad for the bank because it loses revenue, but it's also bad for the consumer because it misses an opportunity to have some money for whatever they want to do. And if you, as an organization, don't have procedures in place to explain the rationale of, of such decisions, I think as an organization, you, you become a black box. So you should, as organizations, we should also be aware of that consumers have the right to know why certain decision was made by an AI or why not. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a tricky area. I mean, we had an interesting podcast, one or two podcasts ago with Tess Posner, who is the director of AI for All. And they're trying to solve the bias mm-hmm. problems. They're trying to solve these issues of bias in AI systems. But of course, some of it has to do with the training data. Some of it has to do with the organizations themselves. And it brings up a really interesting question, which is that if you're training a system based on you know, data, especially perform, previous performance data, and there's some bias in there that basically makes that training data, well, gives it sort of context, and you use it, well, then necessarily the, the system will have that bias. But then if you ask it to explain itself, then you get into this sort of tricky situation where you may be violating some laws that say, like, well, you're not allowed to make decisions based on you know certain part, characteristics of the person. But the training data mm-hmm. basically is like, well, but you've trained me on this, and that's what the training data says. So it's going to be this interesting situation where the biases become, in an explainability scenario, the biases become explicit. And that may or may not yeah. be a problem, I guess. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's definitely a challenge. But I think what you also see is that especially DeepMind is working on that, is training algorithms without human data. And that, of course, changes the game completely. A couple of months ago, they launched AlphaGo Zero, which taught itself the game of Go. Within 40 days, became better than any human or artificial player ever existed. But it did so without any human data as input and purely playing against itself with just being taught the 
the rules of the game. You know, no human. Of course, this is not like an algorithm that determines whether you're not allowed to get a loan or so. But but it shows you that, that you know, training an algorithm without human data is a significant milestone in the development of AI and also changes the game again. So it, it's quite interesting where this will will be heading. Yeah, for sure. Well, so switching topics a little bit here, because I know that we could definitely dive quite deep into this area of explainability. You spent a lot of time looking at other aspects of big data and of blockchains. We talked a little bit about it. So how do you see these areas of big data and blockchain, you know, converging with AI? And like, you know, what do you see as like sort of the future of this whole combination of technology that seems to be upon us? Good question. Um, What I think is, for me, the combination of big data and blockchain and artificial intelligence is the holy grail of the organization of tomorrow. And that's also what I always tell my audiences when I give my keynotes, is that that's what organizations should be focusing on. Of course, for a lot of organizations, the combination of these, these three is still very far away, but I think that's where we will be heading to. And why these combination of these three, because it enables us to create an organization which is called a decentralized autonomous organization. That basically is an organization that, that doesn't have any management, doesn't have any employees, and is run completely by code. Of course, it, is very, it seems very futuristic, but already you know, the first you know, experiments have, we've, we've seen already the first experiments, and there are a few companies trying to work to build through decentralized autonomous organization. And oh, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, a bank or, or a big telecom organization or a Fortune 100 company, and they will never become a full decentralized autonomous organization because that would mean that they have to get rid of all the employees, you know, which is not something that you want. But it shows you that they should focus on becoming as DAO as much as possible. You know, where can you automate? Where can you improve your business? Where can you use a decentralized system? How can you speed up uh, transactions? Those kind of things. And so if you, and how can you better understand your environment? And how can you use those insights uh, to make better decisions, ideally making those decisions automated? So that's what I see the future is, is the convergence of big data, blockchain, and AI into organizations that are using big data for insights, uh, have a decentralized system where smart contracts you know, carry out uh, decisions and agreements, and where AI is used to automate things uh, to improve the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I was going to say, I know there's been some experiments in this decentralized autonomous organization in some hedge funds. <laughs> you know, Ray Dallow, obviously, <laughs> yeah. very interested in you know getting rid of the human decision-making factor. We'll have to see how that works. Obviously, for him, it seems to be doing all right, but we'll have to keep an eye on that. Just a few more questions. I know we're kind of getting towards the end of this podcast, and then I want to ask you a little bit about sort of now that you're kind of looking at trying to do things right with AI, get things to be responsible with AI and all these other technologies, there's, there's obviously a lot of vendor dominance in this space. I mean, do you see any vendors who are software or technology vendors who are doing it right, who you think are approaching AI from this right perspective? I don't think there are many organizations who approach AI from this perspective. You know, I talked to quite a few organizations already for my, as part of my PhD, and they asked them, you know, have you reviewed the code? If you, um, you know, almost none have done that, the ones that I've spoken to. I think the issue of, of developing responsible AI is a serious issue and something that we should really, as, an, as a society, pay attention to. And there are quite a few companies who do so. One of them is Google's DeepMind. And it might, be, might sound a bit contradictory that, you know, Google... <laughs> But I think DeepMind, they are, well, they are by far the most advanced AI company, I think, in the world. And they've recently, I think a couple of weeks ago, started an AI research branch within the company purely focused on developing AI, ethical AI. 
So I think they're hiring about 25 people or so where they focus on how can we build AI that does, you know, that, that behaves as we want it to behave. And the same goes for OpenAI by Elon Musk, mm-hmm. you know, also focusing on one open sourcing uh, the artificial intelligence, which I think is a good thing because AI can become so intelligent and so powerful that you don't want that to be in the hands of one company or one person. And they are also working on understanding how we can achieve this. So from that perspective, I think there are a few companies working on it. I think there should be more research being done in this area, not only from a technical point of view, but also from an organizational point of view, what can, what can organizations do? And to ensure that we stop and that we prevent disasters, such as the Tay example and other examples, which are very much likely to come in the future. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, I guess, do you have any final thoughts for our audience? You know, as our listeners are mostly these enterprises of both public and private sector that are on their journey towards implementing AI. Some of them have gotten far, some of them not so much, as well as sort of the software and hardware vendors that are servicing that audience. Any sort of final thoughts, maybe things that they should think about as they look ahead to 2018, we're almost in 2018, things that they may want to think about in this, this, this upcoming year ahead when I'm sure all of this stuff is just going to continue to accelerate. I agree. You know, we live, as I always say, we live in exponential times and the future is developing faster and faster and faster and technology is developing at the accelerated change. So for organizations, I think they sh- you should be aware of what's happening in your environment in terms of trends and in terms of your competitors, which is, of course, a very standard thing to say. But with all the developments going faster and faster, it becomes more difficult to do so. So as an organization, I should see and look into how these technologies, big data, blockchain, AI, and for some organizations, also the internet things can help you, can benefit you, and can make sure that your company remains competitive in an increasingly data-driven world. I always say that every organization nowadays is a data organization. You know, a car company is not a company that makes cars. A car company is a data company that helps people move from A to B. And that's a completely different approach, and it completely changes your, your processes, your customer touch points, etc. So from that perspective, I recommend organizations to start experimenting with these technologies and more and more embedded within the organization and learn from it and, and grow from there. Well, great. Well, that was also my little subtle plug for your newsletter, which I know talks a little bit about that exponential growth. So I encourage you to check it out. We'll include a link in our show notes to read some more of what uh, Mark has been talking about. So on that note, I really want to thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Got it. So listeners, as I just mentioned, we're going to post some articles and links and concepts that we discussed in the show notes, and we'll put them up on our sites. Mark's going to send me some of those things, including links to his newsletters and some of his talks he's been giving. So I think you'll find that very useful. So once again, thank you, Mark, for joining us on the podcast. And listeners, we'll catch you got it. And listeners, we'll catch you at the next one. Thank you very much for joining us. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2017 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.